Hello everybody, this is Curtis from Trumbull letting you know that we are brought to you by Shudder. Shudder is the horror movie streaming service that brings you all the latest and greatest that horror has to offer. But you don't have to take my word for it. You can use TremblePod, that's T-R-E-M-B-L-E-P-O-D, when you sign up for an account. This will give you a free 30-day trial on us, so you can check it out for yourself. With that said, let's get on with this week's episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Trouble, the horror movie podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Steve. How's it going, Steve? Not too bad. This is a a weird, a weird double recording. Yeah, yeah, questionable. <laughs> um, and and it'll probably gonna be a little harsh, but uh, yeah, it's just it's just how I'm feeling with this. Fair. Uh, we're talking about Return of the Living Dead three. Um, yeah, and these are both movies that. You know, obviously third in their respective franchises. Both came out in the nineties. I think they both came out like a year apart, like pretty close. To and they're both shot by the same guy too. Yeah, which eh. random, <laughs> not, right? Yeah, a year apart, and they're both shot by the same guy. Yeah, um, and I don't know. Like, I I do enjoy this more than Hellraiser three. But you almost have to treat it more like a Brian Usna film and not a sequel to Return of the Living Dead because it works better for me as a Brian Usna film and not as, mm-hmm. oh, this is the third movie in a franchise, which honestly shouldn't have even been a franchise because even like Return yeah. of the Living Dead 2 is not a great movie. So No, oh, and it's funny because it was originally supposed to be called Kurt and Julie, I think. Like, that was one of the original names for it. Like it, Because, yeah, I mean, if you're watching the series successionally, this one will really fuck with you because it has no comedic tone to it. It has a romantic tone to it instead. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, the only consistency, I would say, is the need for brains. But then they went even further and, like, explained the need for brains, which I was like, well, I mean... Now we're just kind of like going too far into the orange. You know what I mean? Like we've yeah. peeled the orange and now we're going to the center of it. Like, okay, great. Um but yeah, I, I, I think that the the shift is, is so jarring because and then it never went back to that feeling again. No. Um Yeah. So what is Return to the Living Dead Three even about? Well, Having recently witnessed the horrific results of a top-secret project to bring the dead back to life, a distraught youth performs the operation on his girlfriend after she's killed in a motorcycle accident. Yeah. A hilariously almost midsummer. <laughs> yeah. Motorcycle accident. Yeah. Uh, Those telephone poles, I tell you. They're yeah. they're just ending people in in horror movies like like crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, luckily, uh, you know, she wasn't choking on some allergic nut reaction or something like that. So Yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and I mean, it could have been worse. Uh, Alex Wolf could have been driving. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> luckily, he was not even a seedling at that point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, fucking 1992. Mm-hmm. Or, sorry, uh, 93. 93, because 92 was Hellraiser, 93 is this guy. Which, honestly, like, they're so interchangeable in my mind, like... like so, so much 
They're almost exactly the same lo- the same length. They're uh, they're an hour and thirty six as well. Um, and I will say, even though we talked about it in the last episode, I watched the unrated cut of uh, Hellraiser three. Nice. Which keeps switching camera um, aspect ratios. We did talk about this at the episode, but yes, that that happened with my version too. Because like, there was a certain point where I watched it where the quality just dipped in certain scenes. Oh, it's like. so bad! It's so bad! It's almost like it's almost like the the like a high eight set camera. Yeah, kind of reminds especially because well, well, because a lot of it happens in that uh, club scene. And it just feels like a PA walking around with a camera. Kind of remind me of like those work prints of um, Friday the Thirteenth, um, mm-hmm. the the New Blood, because that one definitely kind of has like if you go and watch the unrated cuts uh, or unrated kills of that one, like it's the same kind of like blurry, chopped up quality. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, but yeah, no, I noticed that too. I was like. The fuck? Like, I know for sure it's not my computer or my TV. It's got. To, it's mm-hmm. definitely the whatever to cut the movie was. But yeah. Um. When was the first time we watched uh, Return of the Living Dead three? I think I watched it roughly around the time I watched the Bride of the Rean Bride of Reanimator for the first time. So it had to be in the nineties sometime. Which is funny because you could probably draw some comparisons, like tonally between yeah the movies. I mean, like, yeah, Yuzna seems to have been really, like, kind of hyper-focused in uncertain areas. And romance seems to be, like, a thing that he, like, an element that he always seems to come back to. I'm not even going to say he's very good at it. (laughs) Uh, No, this is no Casablanca. Um, No. Yeah. No. It's just... Has some issues. <laughs> it's funny because it's like he tries to make a romantic movie, but then like wraps it all in this like sleazy horror movie. And it, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say you know, uh, there's some elements to this that I thought were interesting, but it's just so bizarre. Like especially, especially um, Julie's reveal mm-hmm. near the end of the movie in the third act, like. Gotta get her tits out. Yeah, gotta. Right? And, like, I, I don't think that those were really Melinda Clark's boobs. That's definitely, like, a fake front, right? Didn't look know. real. I don't know. I mean, I was convinced that they were her boobs, but I could be wrong. I mean, yeah. Melinda Clark, if you want to come on this podcast and confirm where those are her actual boobs or not... Well- I'll even, you know, to intro her if on the show, I'll be like, California, here we come, right back where we started from, California. Like, I'll even make her feel at home. Yeah, well, there's even an email that alludes to that, because, yeah, it was pretty funny. <laughs> I was hoping so. I was hoping that there would be that. It's either, you got to connect that or, or Nikita or something. Yeah. Uh, but I watched this. After watching the first two, because I watched the first film and I'm like, this movie's amazing. This is definitely in like my top, probably um, 10 or 20 movies of all time. Like, it's up there for sure. It's one of my favorites. I like a lot of movies, so top 20 is still pretty good for me, to be honest. Um, And then, yeah, I watched the second movie. I'm like, this is just a poor rehash of the first movie. Don't like it. I like this movie a bit more. Just because I do find that 
compared to the second movie, which rehashed the first movie and just even brought back most of the same actors, this did something different. Um, I'm not going to say it fully landed its idea as well, but it mm-hmm. did try something new, and that, i got to give it credit for that at least. Um, yeah. Brendan does say, first time watch, totally surprised to see Marissa's mom in this. <laughs> right. Yeah, so Belinda Clark, Clark was Marissa's mom on the OC. So, yeah. you know. Next time you want to watch a horror movie with your girlfriend, tell her, hey, do you want to watch a movie with Marissa's mom? And then she's still going to probably not like it. I don't think... No. <laughs> No, especially with some of the weird gore in this one. There is some weird gore. Yeah. Yeah. Just like that. even what's what's the, the the gang leader's name where they like pull he like pulls his spine out and then he reanimates like that. Like what a fucking weird just weird. Again. And then he gets his head pulled off anyway, so it's just like it doesn't matter like Again, I don't know. This you can tell this is a bright news in the movie. Like Yeah. Yeah. He wanted to bring Reanimator to it for sure, right? Like, yeah. that's exactly what he's doing, right? Yeah, which, speaking to our second email, Francis says, in a good way, and I know why, this feels like Reanimator. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which, absolutely. Hey, if you like Reanimator, I think you're going to find a lot you'll enjoy in this. Uh, I don't think it's as good as Reanimator by a long shot. And again, No, not at all. Not at all. Not as good as Return of the Living Dead, but it is this weird no. kind of like, marriage of those two movies in a weird way so yeah uh and then well, just, she, i didn't even realize that she she was actually mindy clark for this building uh billing not oh. melinda clark well that yeah. was back when she was younger so you know she had a little yeah, playful exactly. stage name <laughs> uh jesse says i like this movie but it definitely seemed like they traded in the comedy for more dramatic elements still prefer the original but this one was okay Definitely better than Return of the Living Dead 2. Which, yes. I I don't know if I would even recommend people watch Return of the Living Dead 2. It's just... No, it's so many painful issues in that one. Even I don't think the director wanted to make that movie. Like He was just like, why am I being forced to make this? But, yeah. Yeah, it's just... I don't know. I don't think anybody really necessarily needs to go off and seek that movie but i would say watch the first movie and if you like the first movie and you're a fan of brian usna check this one out it is not nearly as good as brian usna's other movies and it's not as mm-hmm. good as returning the living dead one but again it's got some interesting stuff going on mm-hmm. um i am surprised they didn't bring in more actors from the first two movies like i get it they tried to Oh, they did. They tried okay. to. Okay. Yeah, they tried to bring James Karen and um, who else was it? They were trying to bring in, um, and they declined immediately. <laughs> like, Fair. nah. Fair. I really would. Yeah, it was. Uh, let's see if I can find that information. And Paul Rudd um, auditioned for Kurt Reynolds. Okay. But then they give it to that Jay Trevor or whatever his name Jesus was. Jesus Christ, that's a bad call. I would have given. It to <laughs> Could you imagine this movie, Paul Rudd? Though that'd be pretty good. I would. I would like. Yeah. Um, yeah. In pre-production, they add, offered uh, offered roles to James Karen and Don Calfa, but they both uh, declined. Because I was gonna say, like, if you had James Karen as like the corpse on the bench at the beginning of the movie. That would have been kind of mm-hmm. cool. Like, it would have been a nice way to, like, bring it all into the first movie. 
I guess mm-hmm. technically yeah. they put their bodies into the furnace at the end of the first movie, but fuck it. Yeah. This movie didn't really seem that hard set on following canon anyway, so. No, I don't think so. No. I don't think so. Or even Tom Matthews, have him laying on the bench, just. Right. You know? I, like, they just had this, like, nameless, faceless zombie on the bench, and I was like, how cool would it have been if you had one person from the last, or from the first movie, not from two. Yeah. Um, best line in this movie. Uh, are you eating, Julie, are you eating that man? You should stop. Yeah, there's definitely, it's just like, like, a weird kind of dynamic going on with Kurt and Julie in this movie that yes yes even when he like blows up at her i'm like that seems pretty final and like you're really your real thoughts and then he comes back he's like i didn't mean any of it and it's like <laughs> the fuck yeah uh yeah um i don't know probably there's like a handful of scenes where kurt was like yeah like julia are you eating him you should stop or i liked you when you were the way you were before like it's kind of like his naive, he's naive, but mm-hmm, also, mm-hmm. like, it's like when a teen is trying to, like, cover up for a mistake they make, you know? Yeah, there's yeah, exactly. Certain, there's a certain childish naivete to his performance. I don't think it was intentional. I don't know, probably no. not. I forget who was the actor that played Kurt in this, but he didn't seem like that great of an actor. <laughs> I don't even know if he did much else no. after this. J. Trevor Edwards. Oh, no, I don't think so. I think he did another horror film or something, but, he, but it was like another horror like sequel. He did Pumpkinhead Two, Blood Wings. Yeah, that's what it was. That's yeah. what it was, and we all remember how memorable the Pumpkinhead movies are. Yeah, Pumpkinhead. after the first one. I was gonna say Pumpkinhead. Oh, he was in Lord of Illusions. Oh, he was okay. young Butterfield in Lord of Illusions. So there's a weird there. There's another weird Clive Barker connection. He was in four episodes of Beverly Hills, 90210. As Evan Potter. Yeah. Memorable. Memorable shit there. Yeah. And he was in John Singleton's Higher Learning as well. I wonder what he's up to nowadays, because he must have like gone into like some other career or something. You'd but... think. You would think. His filmography ends in 99, so. Yeah. Like, did he just become a stay-at-home dad or something? Someone find out what happened mm-hmm. to Jay... Maybe. Jay Trevor Edmund. What happened to him? Yeah. <laughs> Is he is he is he doing the festival? Is he doing the uh, the um, con circuit now? You you got to think a lot of these guys could probably do horror convention stuff. Yeah, this is such a wide open genre fan base, right? So. Mm-hmm. Oh, I found him on Facebook. He's a partner at Smith and Burke Partners, whatever that is. There we go. Oh, there we like go. Like all horror movie actors, he goes on to real estate. <laughs> <laughs> is, there's a lot of truth in that if you look at a lot of horror movie actors they end up going on to mm-hmm. uh doing something in in real estate so maybe there's something about mm-hmm. being cutthroat mm-hmm. in a horror movie and being cutthroat in real estate there's some some boom there. yeah there you go <laughs> um okay uh best performance uh, I'm gonna go with Riverman. Um, uh, who played him? Uh, why am I spacing on this? Basil Wallace. So he gets the most like juicy monologue kind of stuff. Yeah. Especially that first meeting 
mm-hmm. with with him and Kurt. Um, <laughs> I mean, the wildness of his storyline is, uh, especially the reanimated. And I love that they blow his arm away. He like looks at it. Rawr! They blow yeah. his leg away. He looks at it the same way. Rawr! Like there's just so much funny stuff to his performance. And honestly, I mean, nobody, nobody's great in no. this movie. So Riverman might be my favorite just because it's so unhinged and like something that Samuel L. Jackson could play. Totally. And it definitely like seemed very much like a um, performance from a Brian Houston movie. Yeah, it does. It really does. Same with uh, Santos, Mike uh, Morris. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, he he might be he might be stupid's decision too. Yeah, I was thinking of going with Melinda Clark. I mean, yeah, it, the initial even going there to spy on experiments, like fucking why? Yeah. Like I don't know. She she definitely has a like that punk rock girl energy in this and it's it's fun um even like before she turns like you get a little bit of her personality and she does a good job of like playing that and then later playing her as a zombie and i thought Mm -hmm. i mean she's probably the most interesting performance in this for me at least um Mm -hmm. is it a good performance no but it's no interesting for me at least um i mean She's more interested in the OC. Go watch that instead. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the OC is a very underrated show. It's one of those mm-hmm. shows that I think uh, if people go and rewatch it, they're going to find it's a lot of fun. So, yeah. yeah. Go watch that if you haven't already. Not a horror <laughs> movie, but go watch it. Um, Best Kill. Hmm. Uh, There's not a lot of great kills in this. No, and a lot of them are off camera. Yeah. Like, there was uh, the kill mm. of the two, like, the security people in the room when the zombie first turns. Yeah. I also really, I, I, I really like the, um, uh, the, the shopkeeper. Yeah. Some of the stuff when he's attacking the police officer and is, like, they're they're cutting between the real actor and like obviously a prosthetic and stuff. I thought it was really interesting. I mean, there was like, uh, I did like how Santos got decapitated by Zombie Julie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was that was fairly interesting. Yeah. But yeah, this movie again, that's off screen. Yeah. This movie didn't have a lot going for it in the kills department, to be honest. So, I mean, there was like a bunch of people that died when that lab burned down, and they don't really talk about that much, but... Mm-hmm. Because I was thinking about that as the lab burned down, I'm like, how many people died in this thing? Because it must have been a good amount. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, dumbest decision. I mean, obviously trying to revive your girlfriend... Yeah, that's yeah, it's pretty stupid. And also too, I'm like, bro, it's your your high school girlfriend. Like, you'll you'll find somebody else. Don't worry. Yeah, I even just stealing that card and going there in the first place. It's, yeah. I mean, I know it sets up the whole film, but like, come on. But those are usually the best dumb decisions because, like, obviously, yeah, the movie wouldn't happen without that. But 
it's like at the same time too it's like you could have avoided all those deaths like not zombifying julie you would have saved so many people's lives santos would still be mm -hmm. walking around as we speak but yep yep exactly all right i think it's time to rate this what are you thinking for a score I'm going to mirror my uh, one from the last episode. I'm just going to give it a six. I mean, there is certain entertainment values to this one. Um, Melinda Clark is fun in this one, um, even though she is pretty one-dimensional. Um, and Yuzna is doing some gore stuff that you know he's just having fun with it. So, yeah, I would. Uh, that's what I'm going to go with. I'll go slightly higher with this one. I'll give it a seven. Uh, still wouldn't give us like super high scores, but yeah, I don't know. There, there's a certain level of cheesy entertainment to this that you obviously get by having Brian Yusna in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I don't know. Like, it's it's not nearly as good as the uh, first movie, but uh, I, I still think it might be worth checking now if as just like a one-time watch i don't think this is one you're going to probably put on all the time although i've no. seen people online being like time to watch my favorite returning to the living dead three and i'm like are you what? checking your water supply because you might be on something um, you're joking right <laughs> no like twitter and other stuff people are like can't wait to rewatch returning to the living dead three and i'm like mm. so that's why it was interesting to kind of yeah rewatch it and be like is this the classic that some people are claiming it is? The answer is no. I'm sorry. For the first movie is a classic. This is mm -hmm. cheap cash in from a production company that needed some money. So yeah. Okay. Well, Steve, where can people find you on the internet? Yeah, I am on Twitter and Instagram at uh, Twitter and Instagram and uh, I guess Threads and Letterbox at the Steve Dead. Uh, you can find my website stevestebbing.ca. I'm on the Shift with Shane Hewitt every Thursday at 11 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, you can check your local uh, chorus radio uh, entertainment website for uh, for your closest radio station on that one. And I'm also on After the Credits with uh, Marina, Bill, and Melissa. This uh, month's movie is uh, The Killer uh, with Michael Fassbender. And uh, yeah, that's it for me. Cool. Uh, I'm over at threegrenerds.com. Uh, and then I'm also over at that hashtag show. Go check my stuff out there. And then, yeah. Uh, I'm over on Twitter. Film Critic Kurt. Fatal Koala on Letterboxd. Um, yeah, I think it's going to slow down a little bit for movie reviews. It, I was looking at the schedule, and there's not a heck of a lot coming out. I mean, there is still stuff coming out, but it's not like it was pre-pandemic where I would just be watching movies for review literally up until Christmas Day. So mm -hmm. it, it does seem to slow down a little bit. I know there's um, the new... Uh, Gosh, Yargos Lanthimos movie, something things. Oh, poor things. Yeah, that looks that yeah. looks good. I can't wait. I'm so excited for that one. Yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, we're gonna last two episodes of the year coming up, and we're gonna be doing some Christmas horror, keeping that theme going. Every year we 
try to end the year up with some Christmas horror. I think eventually we're just going to have to do something else because there's not a whole lot of Christmas horror movies. <laughs> um, we're going to be covering Anna, the Apocalypse, and Rare Exports. So that'll be nice. interesting. Yeah. Uh, Anna, the, the Apocalypse is a relatively recent movie. Rare Exports, yeah. I think, is like pushing 10 plus years old, but still, yeah. yeah. It's so damn good, though. <sighs> After these two movies, I need uh, a bit of a refresher, something, something to cleanse the palate. So I think these will do. Yeah. Good. So, cool. Well, until next time, everybody. Bye for now. <laughs>